Welcome to the tastiest podcast you'll ever hear, Ear Candy, hosted by Elijah, Ella, Imani, and Kalani. All right, let's start this episode with everyone's least favorite candy. This is a fun game. Uh, definitely Butterfingers for me. Hot tamales. Whoppers. So I strongly dislike Twizzlers. This tasty episode of our podcast is going to focus on how being a black LGBTQ plus person affects your workforce experiences. So let's unwrap this sucker. We asked both of the teachers that we interviewed how they felt their sexuality impacted their jobs throughout their lives, and this is what they said. Uh, Early in my career um, as an educator, I was not uh, out at that point. I was quote-unquote closeted because I I strongly felt uh, during that particular time in my life that I would be judged uh, based on my sexual orientation. As a matter of fact, um, it actually had a strain on my life uh, in terms of me being um, closeted. Um, And I was really personally afraid that if I came out, uh, it would have an impact on my career. don't feel like I am discriminated against for my sexuality here at LCS. Um, I do feel like in my past I have been, it was just like, don't talk about it. Or like, like I never was out to my students until I came here. Um, because I taught, like the school where I taught prior to here, I taught at a predominantly black school. Um, much more conservative viewpoint. So yeah, I did. I was not out to my students at my previous job. I was out with my colleagues. Um, also, at my previous job was when I had my daughter and I had her um, using um, a donor. And so that, I think that like kind of brought everything to a head because before it was like, we could just like pretend like it's not happening and like you can kind of ignore it. And But then when I was pregnant with my partner and, and a donor sperm, then it became a whole different game or ball game. We also asked them about coming out as an adult and here's what they said. Uh, my parents, um, when I informed them of my sexual orientation, um, they immediately said to me, we love you unconditionally. Um, and of course, uh, they embrace who I am. And um, all of my siblings, uh, there are six of us, three boys and three girls. Um, they were all supportive. Um, friends, my true friends were there for me. Those that were not true friends they actually went their separate ways. And that's how you can determine who's really a friend. I hate that within the LGBT community, we have this whole process of coming out as if you're telling your family that you've been diagnosed with cancer. Like, mom, dad, I need you to sit down. I have to tell you something. I'm gay. Like, why do we have to do that? Like, why can't I just bring home this person and be like, this is my significant other, and now you know that my significant other is another female? Like, why does it happen? Because 
that doesn't exist in the straight community. Like when you bring home a significant other, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever. Um, You're never like mom, dad. I'm straight. I'm straight. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just this is the person that I'm dating, um, and so. I didn't come out to my parents either, like in that way. Um, my mom outed me. She figured it out that the person that I kept talking about was my girlfriend. Um, and then I told my dad, but it was like in this really weird way. And he was like, and? and like literally his reaction was, and? Like most, like any good parent, I think that both my parents just want me to be happy. You know, and if the person that I'm that makes me the happiest also happens to be a girl, then that's okay. You know, my mom was much more worried about how people would treat my daughter as a result of my sexual orientation. Here's our takeaways from talking to our interviewees. I think it was really interesting to hear how being an adult can change an experience so much because there's different stresses than when you're in a kid, like a kid in high school, versus when you're a woman with a daughter. And I think it was just really intriguing to hear about all the different stories and their perspectives, considering how much older that they are. For me, at least, like, it was just, like, really interesting hearing, like, uh, Miss Lee's story about, like, how, what, for, like, coming out for her, like, you could be gay, but you couldn't, like, really say that you were gay. And, like, that's kind of how I feel, like, some family members, like, of my own, like, would respond to, like, if I came out or something like that. It was also really eye-opening for me because I hadn't ever considered about how, like, even now in today's, like, day and age, people would still want to, like, hide the fact that you were gay or part of the LGBTQ community because it would affect your job. I just didn't think about how it would actually still be a negative thing and, like, people would view it negatively and stuff like that. So it was just kind of interesting to, like, hear first person that, like, that's still present. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast, Ear Candy. Next episode is going to be a deeper dive into intersectionality and identity and how it plays a role in people's lives in the LGBTQ Black community. This episode featured Kalani Ramirez, Imani Talbot, Ella Denson, and Elijah Davis. It was edited by Ella Denson and featured interviews from Daryl Grinnell and Uniquely, who, if you forgot, introduced themselves in our trailer. And the music in this episode was By the Time I Get to Phoenix by Dorothy Ashby. Mm-hmm.